and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show with all the visuals that go along with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about the Vegas visitor numbers for July, what is surprising and what will they look like in the fall. We have an MGM Rewards comp update, plus Las Vegas was voted one of the rudest cities in America. We also take a look at a local casino, the Orleans, a gem just off the strip. Mark Wahlberg bought land for a crazy amount of money in Las Vegas. We'll show you a review of Martha Stewart's new restaurant at Paris Las Vegas, plus their smashed potatoes. And you can register now for Formula One tickets for the 2023 race, but it's going to cost you all of that coming up right now. If you like this show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can find us in any podcast app or head to mtmvegas.com for all of our Vegas posts, podcasts, and videos. Thank you so much for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see the UNLV slot machine? Every time they get a turnover, 702 is where it starts. Rebels is where it ends. Isn't that cool? What other city has a college football team that has a slot machine? Underage <laughs> gambling. Lock them all up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Who approved this? Who approved this? No, I mean, it's kind of started. I think Miami might have been the first college to really do something with the turnover chain. And the kids get into it. I mean, is that kind of a, a knock on today's society that they need something to pump them up besides just you know intercepting a football or recovering a fumble but it is the way it is and you gotta you gotta keep up with the joneses so i think it's kind of cool it's a good idea something unique something no but nobody else is gonna do i don't know if it sends the best message to uh 18 year olds and 19 year olds but hey it's fun the worst football team with the best stadium so they need help any help they can get to like recruit people you know any any fun things hey, that they, they won. can do they won. i think it was like a division two team or whatever but <laughs> we have a lot to cover this week and a lot of cool stories but let's start off with las vegas being the fourth rudest city in the united states according to a new study yeah it's interesting i mean uh, that locals are a little nicer than transplants people who were born in vegas but overall las are there vegas any, is pretty though? rude like how many <laughs> i mean now there are because you know we've been growing for so long a lot of the younger people are but yeah, as far as older people, most of them are probably transplants from uh, other rude cities. Yeah, I feel like, you know, from like 35 up, the percentage of people that grew up and stayed in Vegas are probably pretty low. It just seems like, like, even you, you've you've lived there a long time, but you weren't, you know, born there, you didn't grow up there, you lived there your whole life. So it is kind of a unique city in that way. So, similar to New York, like, you don't meet a lot of New Yorkers that grow up and live and stay there, at least on like in Manhattan and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that they think uh, transplants are ruder, you know, not surprising, I guess. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's... All those uh, Californians. Let's show everybody the, the, the top 10. So Houston is number 10, Los Angeles number 9, D.C. 8, San Francisco 7, your hometown, Detroit number 6. Hey, this whole list is a question now. I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, come on. I, I, I yeah. Did you I'm meet gonna... one rude person in Detroit when you were yes, here? Yes, I've met, I've met several rude people in Detroit, but I meet several <laughs> rude people in every city. I think it's just any big city, you're going to meet rude people, right? I don't yeah. know that it's specific to that. True. Boston, number five. Vegas, number four. New York, number three. Memphis, number two. And Philadelphia, number one. Not a surprise. Philadelphia, pretty rude This is a little city. bit weird. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, and then flip side, the most polite cities, Austin, San Diego, Fort Worth. I think those are all pretty good cities. But I think Las Vegas, you're going to just, especially when you're dealing, I don't know, we're very standoffish in Las Vegas. People sort of mind their own business. And then you have a lot of like transient people, a lot of people with like, like to drink a lot, do drugs, gamble a lot. So I feel like that can create some animosity, but yeah, it's not the like, friendliest place. 
I feel like any city that's, you know, built around tourism is going to, the locals are just annoyed all the time because half the time they're dealing with somebody that doesn't live there and is clogging up, you know, on their way to work, the roads are backed up because of tourists and stuff. So even in like small towns in Michigan that I, I lived in, you know, summer season was when they made all their money, people going to the lake and everything, and they just hated it and were angry towards them. It's like, dude, these are the people that are you know, paying your salary, maybe you should be a little bit nicer, but they don't want to deal with it. And it said the most common rude behaviors are people absorbed by their phones, refusing to let people merge into traffic and being noisy in shared spaces. I will say the traffic thing, people in Vegas are so aggressive. Like, God forbid, you know, you got to cut over or something like that. Well, you guys have like the dumbest intersections and you need some Michigan lefts and then the world would be a better place. Oh God, no. Yeah, think about how easy it'd be instead of trying to like go across eight lanes to turn left to get into a parking garage. Michigan left, down like a mile, done. The other problem, I think, with Vegas is people don't aren't polite. Like, they don't say, please, thank you. Like, they don't say, how are you doing? Like, you That's go true. into a store to buy something. You know, the, the clerk there isn't very happy. You know, I always, when I go buy something at a convenience store, say, have a great day. Most of the time, I won't even get that back, let alone them saying it to me first. Uh, it's, it is, uh, it's interesting. So, yeah, I, I totally sort of agree with this. And then, there's one caveat, though. They are very polite to you, Mark, if you tip them in Vegas. Oh, okay. So the strippers are really polite. But uh, it brings up a a funny story. You know, I had two separate people from the New York area visit, uh, you know, northern Michigan where it's small town by the water and everything. And everybody that walks by waves to each other. If you drive and you're walking, people wave. And both New Yorkers were like, why are these people waving at me? I don't know them. This is really (laughs) creepy. So. Yeah, northern Michigan feels a little like the south. And that's what the study said, too. In the south, people are a little bit more friendly. And on the West Coast, too, which Vegas may be a little bit of a, you know, an anomaly. But they did say the Northeast, definitely the rudest part of the United States. So that, that definitely holds up. So there you go. We'll put a link in the description. The people. <laughs> there you go. Now, I just, uh, I'm in Orlando. I, I've recorded at this hotel, at your favorite hotel, the Hyatt Regency here. Um, but uh, went on the Carnival Paradise. Carnival's oldest ship. Wanted to see what it's like. Uh, the cruise ship casino was very kind of pedestrian. Nothing special to talk about there but i'll throw up a little video right now but we did want to talk about your comp update because you got updated on your account with some nice comps i checked my account right before the show and uh still nothing for me so i'm uh, i'm in the doghouse but you're you're looking good yeah it's pretty much like four nights anywhere in in vegas and then like three four hundred dollars in uh, on-site credit which i was kind of surprised because i haven't i haven't been there in a while since april and i didn't you know that was our our meetup, so I didn't spend any time really in the casino or spend any money at all. So I don't know where it's from. Maybe it's just because it's getting soft, but that was like through to the end of the year. I could basically book that at any time at all the places, uh, you know, all the way up to Bellagio, Aria, everything. So I was kind of shocked, but yeah, definitely check your account if you're looking for a, a fall or winter trip. It seems like they rolled out with some uh, good new stuff. Yeah, you also got resort credits along with it. It looks like pretty decent ones as well, so not just the free rooms. So I'm a little uh, a little jealous, although you did offer to book me something, uh, so that was nice if I wanted to stay somewhere to, to review it. So I do appreciate that, and I saw you were throwing out comps to other people as well, uh, helping them out, so that was nice of you. Yes, I, I do what I can. Not to, out, not to people out there, just to friends. <laughs> You're going to get bombarded with people asking for, uh, for comp rooms. <laughs> All right, so that leads us into the Vegas visitor numbers. They came out for July 2022, and it's sort of in line with what we've been seeing. Uh, visitor volume is continuing to go up. 
Uh, convention attendance it remains down like 38% from 2019, so still down quite a lot. Although visitor volume is only down about 5% from 2019. But, you know, same sort of things. The revenue, the average daily rate is up. The revenue per available room is up. Uh, room nights occupied down slightly. But basically, they're still making more money than pre-pandemic, just with slightly less people and significantly less conventions. So if those conventions do come back, that probably would be a good thing for Vegas, considering all the other numbers. Do they have room for conventions of people? Like, yeah, like seriously. everything's pretty expensive. And, it, you know, are people going to look elsewhere? Because Vegas used to be kind of affordable. That's why it was great for conventions. And you're looking at, like, the RevPAR, uh, you know, in 2019 versus today. And it's substantially higher. So you're throwing a convention, you're trying to get people to come to Vegas. Flights are expensive and the rooms are super expensive. So are they going to look elsewhere? I, I don't know that it ever gets back to the, the way it was with conventions unless we see a, a bottom drop off of these these prices because they're still insane. I know, you know, going in the next few months, they're starting to come down. But compared to 2019, would you expect it to be that much higher? I mean, it has been basically during this entire recovery period. So I'm not surprised at this point. I have been surprised, though, as we did it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the big question is how long will it last, right? Will this sort of surge of spending end, you know, with the it's economy? <laughs> yeah. But the economy is, you know, sort of wishy-washy. And then, you know, you go into the fall, uh, which is traditionally pretty strong for Vegas, other than, you know, post-Thanksgiving, early December. That's the weakest point. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I don't see the numbers. Maybe we'll cover it on a future show for projected convention stuff going into next year because oftentimes conventions are uh, booked a lot ahead of time. So we'll, we'll try to look into that. But yeah, Vegas, I say, I say these are good numbers for the casinos. They, they have to be pretty happy. Yeah, but they still keep cutting services, keep cutting <laughs> staff. And, it, you know, it's a, a worse experience for more money. That's a bad recipe. And it, it's got to bite them in the butt at some point. But I'd like to see... You know, just use that money to hire, pay some people some more so you can get people in there to clean the rooms and staff the restaurants and have at least good service. If you're going to charge, you know, $90 to smash some potatoes on the on the table or whatever, <laughs> then at least you better not have to wait for it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the smashed potatoes in a minute because, yeah, I've never heard so of that stupid. before. <laughs> we'll get there. But let's talk Formula One first. Uh the race is November 2023. There's going to be about 100,000 tickets for this event uh, for, for spectators, and that's expected to sell out pretty quickly. So Formula One Las Vegas has opened up pre-registration, which just basically means, I think, that you're going to get first crack at the tickets or you'll be notified when they're going on sale. But here's the thing. like They're going to charge you $7.77 to get on the priority list so that you can, uh, I don't know, pre-register with no guarantee of that you'll get tickets or anything else. Are you uh, are you spending the money? That's stupid. I, I, it's like the most <laughs> Vegas thing ever to charge people to get on a ticket waiting list that doesn't even guarantee you anything. Like, oh, it's a donation or whatever. But uh, okay, so we can buy land in Vegas <laughs> to to put signs or something. Well, didn't they pay like a hundred million, two hundred million, whatever it was for that space for the paddock for the uh, for the sort of the pits? So maybe they need to make up that money. Um, but I wonder how no, many people do it. They make up the it. money selling tickets and being on TV. They don't need to make up yeah. the money. Stop screwing people, please. Now, I mean, if you do get tickets to that, if I get tickets to that, I'm definitely going to it. But I know that it'll be a hot ticket and people will be trying to get it to resell. I know that makes a lot of people out there upset, but that's probably what people are going to do. But if I get that ticket, I, I think I'm going to pay because I want to try to really get the tickets. It's easy enough for me to go because I have a house 
in Vegas so I don't have to pay for a hotel because I'm sure it's going to be crazy, crazy expensive. I will not be there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where you will be, I know, is Martha Stewart's new restaurant uh, because you're so excited about that. Uh, we got some more information this week, some reviews, things like that. Let's start off with the smashed potatoes. Apparently, you can get table-side smashed baked potatoes, and it's really exactly what it sounds like. Like, they take the potato and they just smash it down. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so what dumb. is this? <laughs> and then he, like, spreads it apart with his hands and stuff. Like, I don't want people sweating over my potatoes and, and you know, fingering my mash. I <laughs> At least, you know, you know, yeah, at least it'll be nice and open, plenty of room for the butter, sour cream, everything you want to put in it. I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, and then you're paying, how much are you paying extra to have, you know, somebody just bash a potato on the, on the table? This is like society in a nutshell. People paying so they can film somebody bang a potato on the table and other people watch it. Like, you know, I mean, next there will be like sparklers sticking out of them while it goes on, I guess. I don't know. Now, Las Vegas Fun on TikTok did go eat there, had a review, including that $90 table-side chicken that everybody uh, just loved in the comments a couple weeks ago. Uh, it looks pretty good. Like, the chicken actually looks really good. She says the food was good. Overall, uh, the prices were crazy. I'll throw up a, a kind of a screenshot of the receipt, plus the video kind of showing what they got. Uh, about $470 for four people, not including alcohol. And they didn't have a whole lot of stuff. Of course, they're charging for the bread basket like other Caesars restaurants. Uh, although the bread basket did look good. The food looked good. It's just really expensive. And $90 for a chicken. Her, She says she doesn't know if it's worth it. Yeah, and they said the service was really slow, which is, you know, that's a problem. If you're paying that kind of money you want. Unless it's like deliberate slow service where they're bringing you out multiple courses at a time. But if you're just sitting there waiting, that's really annoying, frustrating, especially for that price. And I know it's newer, so... But this is kind of the way it's been everywhere. So the prices, they seem high because Martha Stewart's attached to it, which she's not known as a celebrity chef. If it was like somebody, I don't even know, throw out there, like Wolfgang Puck or, or uh, <laughs> who's the chick, uh, Giada or something. Yeah. I don't think the prices would be like that out of the realm. You know, you're paying 75 to $80 for a steak at most steakhouses. So $85, it's, it's still on the high end. And then you're throwing Martha Stewart's name on it, so it makes it feel cheaper. But yeah, uh, just go off strip and spend like half the price at least. And I believe like all of the other sort of celebrity chef restaurants at Caesars, this restaurant is run by Caesars, not by her, not by Martha Stewart. She's basically just attaching her name to it, just like Giada and uh, Guy Fieri and uh, all the other ones. Uh, so, you know, that's it is what it is. It's just a, a pedestrian sort of restaurant. But the, the food looked good. They said it was good. The prices are crazy. Yeah, you get things like smashed potatoes. And I mean, those are quirky things. So maybe that's a good thing. They have something unique to kind of draw people in. $90 rotisserie chickens uh, from, you know, they just take a Costco well, chicken and stuff it. it in front of you. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. It. So we did get a look uh, at the Finnish showgirls that we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob's Vegas Life, sorry, he's a big YouTube channel. He, uh, he posted some video on Twitter and some pictures. The first picture he posted had that same marijuana uh, billboard in the background. And then the video he posted later on at night showed the digital billboard that's actually cycling through. So uh, the billboard is kind of blocked by them, but at least it's not stuck on that... Uh, on that messaging, 
I guess. I don't know if they switched it out. I mean, if you got slots for college football players, are you really <laughs> worried about weed in the behind two fifty foot showgirls? Where's the Denny sign? He missed he messed that up in the video. I needed to see Denny's all lit up. He must have gotten between the first picture and the video, they must have called him and said, Look, dude, come on, cut the Denny sign out and pick a better angle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you know, they I think they look good at night. You know, they do have nice many, lighting. They look better than the old ones. How many grand slams can you get for that ninety dollar chicken? Like like ten, fifteen, twenty? Exactly. And great people watching on North Las Vegas Boulevard in that area as well. So you get a better show, I think, than even the, the table side carving and smashed potatoes. So yeah, definitely <laughs> check that out. But I think they look good and uh, you know, the old ones were a little washed out, the showgirls, when they were lit up at night. And these ones seem a little bit more vibrant, so it is an improvement in that way. They're not just bigger. I think it stands out a little bit better. So uh, I'm going to say it's a win, except for the people who own that billboard because it's half blocked uh, by these signs. So I don't know they'll what they're going to do. They'll blow down in like three days. So don't <laughs> There you go. Just wait it out. Just wait it out. All right. So, uh, you know, this is something that's going to, I think, happen more and more as the younger kids sort of grow up into becoming 21 and older. But Cromwell is launching gaming cabanas where you can like game inside your cabana, a full kind of experience there. Um, you know, what do you think of this? I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, the best just keep getting better, right? Cromwell, the best. No, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's an interesting idea. I don't know how popular it'll be. Like, do you want to spend money on a cabana at a pool to, to sit and play video games? It's nice to have it. I mean, I'm guessing that they're just throwing it in there and it's no extra versus what it used to be. It's just like something to promote it a little bit more. So I think it's a good idea. I'm sure there will be people that take advantage of it, especially if you have it like all day, because I can't just sit out in the sun all day. You know, in the summer you you bake or whatever. But so I think it's kind of something. You, you know, I'm surprised nobody's done it before. Seems like a duh moment, right? Doesn't it? Like yeah, it kind of does. All along. Yeah, it seems like it. It doesn't probably cost them very much more, and it gives them more reason to you know to use the cabana and probably allows them to sell it. If not, like they're charging more, they can probably charge higher prices just because they have that um, and certainly differentiates them from, from other places. I think technology is, it's going to be interesting to see how technology is sort of integrated more and more as time goes on in Vegas for little stuff like that. They just took it from the Atari Hotel's master plans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They, uh, those scrap plans for the Atari Hotel getting uh, regurgitated at Cromwell. I did want to talk a little bit about the Orleans uh, which I know is a casino you've been to, and is that where that's where Chris Angel's theater is going next, right? Yeah, that's that's his uh, on his retirement tour. <laughs> that's where he'll he's going to do magic up. tricks in front of the movie theater before the movie goes. Well, Orleans actually does have an arena, like a five thousand seat arena, which used to be home to our minor league hockey team. He's going to the movie theater. He can't sell. Oh, he's going arena. to the movie theater. Okay, all right. <laughs> So, but the Orleans, you know, I wanted to highlight, I went there and saw Top Gun a few weeks ago, but walked around the casino, filmed it a bit, and it was just sort of a reminder to me that it's kind of a casino from a lost era. It's from that themed Vegas era, and, you know, not a lot of Vegas local casinos got themed, but when this thing opened, all themed to New Orleans, um, there's a lot of interesting touches, like the gaming pit has, like, all kinds of Mardi Gras stuff. There's a lot of, like, Bayou and New Orleans theming all throughout, it's a really interesting thing on Tropicana, just a few blocks from the Strip. We're checking out if people haven't gone there. I know a lot of people like it. The hotel is pretty decent as well. So uh, I thought I would, you know, show some video of it. You used to go there, right? Or you've gone there a few times. 
Yeah, I've gone. I've never stayed, but I've gone to the casino a few times, and it was all, especially when I was younger. And you know, you go and party, and everything's cheap. Like we ordered, uh, you know, shots and beers, and the bill was like seven bucks for two people. I mean, this was like a decade ago or more. But and the and I was like, wow, can you believe how cheap these are? And he's like, hey, buddy, just put a dollar in the slot machine. <laughs> like the bartender told us that, so we put in. He's like, all right, go. See ya. There you go. No, I mean it's cool. It has a lot of different venues, big movie theater. A lot of restaurants, I think like eight or nine restaurants, and uh, it's just, a, it's a neat place. I remember seeing the original uh, building when it was built, and then they expanded on it. Of course, they added the arena as well, and uh, it's just a cool place that I've hung out a lot over the years. Fun fact, right after that movie theater opened, I saw Titanic in the, the movie theater at Orleans way back when. That's how long I've uh, lived in Las Vegas. It's a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long time ago. But yeah, it's a cool place. I've thrown up some video. I like it. If you're into like quirky Las Vegas and theming, it's a place to to check out, especially if you have a car and you can get there because it's like five minutes from from the Strip. I always felt like it was kind of like the Main Street station of Fremont, but like for the Strip, like same similar vibes, like laid back, local vibe. You know, everybody's very nice and friendly. Everything's cheap, cheap drinks, good food, all that type of thing. Yeah, what Vegas so, is missing these days is you know essentially, <laughs> and it's owned by Boyd Gaming, so they have a pretty robust uh, loyalty program, lots of properties, so that can be good as well if you're into the Boyd Gaming scene, or if you like to go downtown because Boyd owns a ton of properties downtown as well. Your Be Connected uh, loyalty will work there too, so uh, check it out and yeah, see a movie, do a lot of stuff there. All right, Mark, our last story: Mark Wahlberg, he's moving to Las Vegas. Crazy amount of money. He spent $15.6 million on two and a half acres up in the Summit Club in Summerlin, which is an exclusive sort of neighborhood. It's where Celine Dion lives, kind of place where they like to keep the riffraff like us out, uh, and they have a nice country club, all that good stuff. It seems, yeah, really pricey for two acres, you know, two or two and a half compared to people buy dirt down by the strip for like, you know, a hundred acres for, for, you know, not a ton of money. So it does seem kind of crazy, but is this anywhere near where Gene Simmons said it was too hot to live after like that's three what, days? That's what I was going to say. Did anybody tell Mark Wahlberg how hot it is in Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> this could be a big mistake for him. I guess he's selling his house in California. So it looks like he may actually, it's not like going to be a second home. This is going to be his primary residence it sort of seems like well i mean the uh the Wahlbergs around here are closed so i don't know if the he, he doesn't have to spend as much time at the restaurants i guess oh did he have restaurants i didn't even i, I didn't even know that <laughs> you didn't know that they had the Wahlbergs restaurants like no brothers oh i missed yeah, i missed it's that like, it's like burgers and stuff but all of the ones around here closed like after covid oh well well, hopefully, uh, he seems to still be doing well if he can pay $15.6 million, uh, for That's that. One movie. Yeah. And the, the neighborhood there they have in their club, in their exclusive country club, they have indoor basketball court, movie theater, bowling alley, swimming pool, spa, yoga studio, smoothies at the juice bar. Come on, we need yeah. to get to Mr. Beast level, and then we can live there and hang out with him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's show. We'd love to discuss all of this stuff with you. Don't forget to leave a comment, smash the thumbs up. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Tell a friend about what we're doing here. And uh, we'll be back next week with a new show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Go green. (laughs) Friday night. Go red, rebels.